We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome to Talking Buffalo, featuring conversations with guests from around the world of sports, media, pop culture, and all things Buffalo, with your host, Patrick Moran. All right, happy Friday, everybody. How you doing? Welcome to another episode of Talking Buffalo, part of the Blue Wire Network. This is your weekday Daily driver for Buffalo Sports Talk and more. My name is Patrick Moran. Thank you very, very, very much as always for locking in. Whether you're listening to this in audio podcast form, wherever you get your podcast, or whether you're checking us out on the video side on YouTube, I sincerely appreciate you all very much. Um, again, today is Friday. I'm solo. Not going to be a long episode. We're going to call this kind of a a Friday free for all because I got a bunch of things that I want to get to, and I'm not going to take a lot of time on any specific topic. Uh, I got some stuff with Pat game because that's pretty big news. At least if you're a Buffalo Sabres fan, certainly big news stuff going on with him. Uh, a few Bills things, of course, a very, very, very big game on Sunday against Miami. A couple final thoughts on that. Uh, a few random thoughts, and then I got a few questions that fans sent in that I thought were pretty fun that I want to get to at the end. And again, I don't want to take up a lot of your time, especially on these Friday episodes. If I'm going solo, uh, I want to try to keep them as short as humanly possible. Anyway, let's just dive right in. Big news on the Buffalo Sabres front to come out Thursday. Well, potential big news anyway. On Sabres Live, NHL insider Darren Drager reported that the Buffalo Sabres not only have interest in Patrick Kane, which we knew about, and that was tweeted about by him last week. In fact, we talked about that more on that in just a second. But on Thursday, he used the specific term tremendous interest in Patrick Kane. And let me say this to you real quick here. I know an NHL insider. I'm not going to try to front like I am one, but what I will tell you is this. I know multiple people personally who are tight with Pat Kane. And what I can tell you, what I can tell you personally is that two people told me that the interest between Pat Kane, that no Pat Kane personally, that the interest between Pat Kane and the Sabres, I don't know to what extent. They don't know to what extent, at least the people that I talk to. But what I can tell you is that it doesn't sound like a bunch of bullshit. It sounds like it's very much for real. And we'll see how that plays out. I know this is a topic 
based on the player and being from Buffalo, his history on the ice. In a lot of cases, more importantly for some people, his history off the ice. This is an extremely hot topic. There are some strong opinions on him. And we have talked about him on this podcast multiple times over the past week. As a matter of fact, I'm going to get to that right now. I got two clips over the past week from two hockey people who are on this podcast whose opinion I respect very much. I know a lot of you do as well. One of them, um, Chris Baker from Sabres Prospects, and then the other one, Joe Yurden from Noted Hockey. Let me start with Chris Baker. I had him on the show last week. It was the last Friday's episode. Um, we taped the show last Thursday night live from Imperial. And based on what Darren Drager said last week, I brought up the subject to Chris Baker. And if he thought that would be, you know, the um, Kane coming to Buffalo, if that would be a good idea and a good fit. So for people who didn't listen or watch that clip, I'm going to replay that right now. And then I'll be back in uh, just a second. Darren Drager, I, I have to bring this up. And uh, a lot of people don't like that. I will say this, though. If there is one area where Pat Kane is going to be loved in Buffalo, you're sitting in it right now. It would be Imperial Pizza. Yeah, you want to, Imperial he brought the pizza. cup here, man. He grew up around here. He brought the cup here. Yeah, yeah, he did. Yeah. He brought the cup here. There's uh, there's the jerseys of a lot of players here, but there's multiple Pat Kane jerseys. So I better kind of whisper this. If there's going to be any King or slander, I better whisper there in Imperial. All right. Like get my ass whooped <laughs> at this place. But on a serious note, Darren Drager uh, tweeted – today on Thursday that he's continuing to rehab. He had hip surgery. He'll be out in at least another month. And the one team he specifically said in his tweet that has reported interest in Kane is the Sabres, the Buffalo Sabres. Um, goes without saying, the hometown kid, I, I get it to that extent, but I really don't think Kevin Adams or Terry Bickler really care about that shit. Did that surprise you to hear that the Sabres reportedly, according to Drager at least, have interest in Kane do you see if he were to come here, like what kind of fit would he be? We kind of already got in a pretty good gauge of what the fan reaction is. Although if he became a Sabre, I think that would change pretty quick. What's your thoughts on that? So I think the Sabres are looking at every option. They're having every conversation. And they should, they're, right? Yeah, they're, they're in that position to have every conversation. Yeah. Um, personally, I don't like, here's the thing. I think I didn't see this, by the way. This is the first I'm hearing about it. I oh, came yeah. right from work. Walked the dogs, came and plowed through, a life. plowed through wings with you. <laughs> um, I love it. I love it. And yeah. I bet you everyone hates it. Because I think that there's this thought that he's going to get – we don't know what the money's going to be. It's all about the money. Um, but, like, a guy that has that experience, has cups. It's not about the Buffalo I – don't, I don't care about the Buffalo thing. Yeah, I, just I don't, think, I don't I much think either. He's still, he's still a really good player. Is he still a really good player? I'm at, I'm not being sarcastic. I'm asking you, you know, dead serious. I, yeah. I don't know. Yeah, he's still a really good player. He's, he's still a good player. So, I, I mean. The pulse on Twitter today, and again, whatever. You know how Twitter is. It can of be, course I do. It can be useful, but it can be a big-ass yeah. cesspool. We talk about that shit all the time. But the pulse on Twitter today was not favorable towards from fans towards Pat Kane coming here. Again, mm -hmm. I really don't think Kevin Adams is looking at fans' tweets and saying, oh, you know what? We don't want this guy. What's anymore. the money? What's the money? I mean, I think that matters. What's his role? Let's just pretend for the sake of discussion, Chris, that the Sabres are interested in, and he wants to be here. What, what's his role? Well, first of all, the Sabres are going to have some injuries. I worry about some of these players in the, on the forward ranks. I think, you know, Alex Tuck isn't old by any means, but he's got a lot of wear and tear, man. Like, mm -hmm. what happens if he goes down? Well, there's Kane's role. Okay. Very true. Um, Good you know, point. 
Good point. Just what are we talking about with, you know, cousins like with Quinn being out? I mean, man, could you imagine Kane out there with like cousins and uh, Paterka? I think that'd be fun. But no, I his role is kind of like look at it with Eric Johnson coming in the team, a guy that's been there, done that. He's still a, one of the youngest, I think the youngest team in yeah. the NHL. His role is experience. His role is offense. And I, I trust me, I understand Twitter. I get it. You know, and he had some bad press following him around for a long time. We're not going to talk about that, but it's like, I'm not, not just hockey, pure hockey. Some people don't want to let that shit go, though. That's well, kind of that's kind of the problem. And uh, the court of public opinion is the court of public opinion. That's fine. I'm not um, I'm not even commenting on. It. I'm saying from a hockey standpoint, he's mm -hmm. still a good player. And if the money's right, I think it'd be really exciting. He's still got some mileage left. All right, so that was Chris Baker on the show um, live from Imperial last Thursday. And uh, at the time, and, and as you could hear, he talked about it. That was completely news to him. Chris had no idea uh, about the uh, the rumored interest, which, again, we've learned a lot more since then. Um, and, and Darren Drager saying that it's for real. And getting back to uh, clips from this past episode, I wanted to make sure that I included Joe Yurden, because I talked to him on Tuesday and we were doing a Sabres um, five biggest questions to answer during training camp preview. And again, he also had uh, plenty to say. For, so let me play this for you as well. And then I'll come back and uh, and I'll have some thoughts of my own. Is, is there any teeth to the rumors of Backade coming to Buffalo? Do you think there's a, a realistic chance that he might be one of those 12 or 13 forwards? Uh, I would say right now, no. Um, okay. and I, and I say that just because, I mean, he, he can take all the time he wants to coming back. I mean, that hip surgery is pretty wicked. Sure. You know? I mean, and it very clearly affected his game last year. He just, he looked like a shell of himself. I mean, I was talking about a guy two years ago who was scoring 90, whatever points, you know, and he was like, what, 33, 32 years old mm -hmm. guy can still fill in that now defensively. You're not you're not asking him to come in and play defense. Let's let's be honest. You don't want him defending like that's it's what it is what it is. I, I think if they're and if he's still available, um, whether he's a free agent or you know whatever, I, I think he can be extremely picky. You know, he wants to win. A, he wants to be on a playoff team. He wants to win cups. Like whatever. Okay. Um, but if he somehow like if he's still available and we get into December, January, and Quinn, you know, if Quinn has a setback or if there's another injury or you know what have you. I, I I'm not I'm not closing the door on the possibility. I think the door is very much there. Um, we we heard Kevin Adams talk a couple different times this summer about uh, how when Kane was a rookie in Chicago, Adams was playing for the Blackhawks back then, and who did who did Pat Kane you know live with? Who did he room with? Kevin Adams. Kevin Adams. Yeah. So yeah. if anybody knows, but and you know Don Granado knows him from Chicago. So like those guys know who they're dealing with. They know the, you know, I mean, obviously everybody knows the player. They know exactly what he is. It's more the person. And I know that that's always a hot topic. Absolutely. Discussion. But, it, but, but it's true. Right. And it's true. You, you, I, I think you'd have to know what kind of, what kind of headspace he's in right now. I mean, he's, you know, he's an older guy now, you know, he's got a kid. I think, I don't know if, I think he's married. He's got a kid. So like he's had to be an adult uh, and he's grown up a bit. So he's a different, he's a, a bit of a different guy in that respect. So, uh, and I don't think, I think for any team that signs him, he's not going to come into that situation and be like, all right, I'm the man, everybody bow to me. He doesn't strike me as that yeah, guy. As that anymore. Dude. Like he's cocky, he's confident on the ice, but I don't think he's going to walk into a room and, and be the dominating personality. That doesn't, that 
doesn't make sense to me. And I know it sounds weird given, you know, it, you know, because he was, you know, he was showtime in Chicago. I mean, a score a goal was just electric, but um, I, I don't see him being in that sort of frame of mind. I don't even think he did that in New York either, because I think in New York, he was, he was content with being like quiet. It's lay low. Everybody else is leading the way here. Let me just, you know, hopefully hop on board for a Stanley cup run here. But, um, but I, I'm, I'm not closing the door on it. I don't think he's the guy they sign, you know, at the end of camp or something like that. I just don't, I, I don't see that happening. I think if they wanted to do that, they would have done it already and gotten them worked in or, you know, at least get them introduced to everybody and get them in the room and all that stuff. I just have a hard time thinking that they're going to do that right now, but we get halfway through. And if there's injuries and if there's guys, I I'm not ruling it out. I'm not saying it's not going to happen. I'm not saying it can't happen. I'm not saying it's not going to happen, but you know, I, I still think it's a long shot, but I'm not. I'm not saying. I'm not saying it won't happen. I, I, I'd, be, I'd be foolish to say it, it won't happen because I. I don't know. I'm just. I'm just wise enough to, to to remember Adams and Adams talking about him enough to know that like maybe that's maybe that's a phone number in in his you know in his cell phone like waiting to be called at some point. All right. So that was Joe Yurden on the show. So you heard from Chris Baker. You heard from Joe Yurden, and these are guys that, you know, I obviously respect very much, um, both of their opinion. I got three thoughts on it myself. The first is when it comes to Kevin Adams, you you, you have to uh, acknowledge the fact that he does have a relationship with Patrick Kane. And I certainly think that matters, and I certainly think that's to uh, the benefit of making a smart decision because he knows him. He knows him well. When he was in Chicago, he lived with him. So, Kevin Adams knows him well. That's number one. Uh, the number two thing I wanted to point out, and I kind of hit on this during the clip, especially with, uh, well, actually with both of them, but more so with Yurden. I get it. Chandy Dominic says, I, I love that dude from Expected Buffalo. Great blogger. Put up a poll. And it's not just a little tiny sample size either. There was like three, 4,000 people at least that voted. And uh, he asked if fans would like to move or not. And they wouldn't. But I still maintain what I said, and I'll say it again. I think that Twitter is a small minority of the overall Sabres fan base. I guarantee if I went to five different bars right now and talked to everyone who's a Sabres fan and all of them, maybe a small percentage at best of them would actually even be on Twitter, let alone active. So I don't put too much stock into that. I, I do think it's divided, but I'm not necessarily sure that it's decidedly uh, fans against him. And then the last thing I'm going to say, regarding Kevin Adams is if you like the Sabres right now and you really like the direction that this team is going in, then you got to have trust in the GM. Even if you don't think it's a great move on the surface, if Kevin Adams wants to go out and he wants to bring him back in to this organization, you got to trust him. It's kind of like that with the Bills. You know, when Brandon Bean has reached, I think anyway, Brandon Bean has reached that level where love the move, or hate the move at the time, you, you respect it because you trust that your general manager is doing what's in the best interest of his football team and that it's going to work out. Now, does it always work out? Of course not. It doesn't work out all the time for any GM in any sport. But if you like the Sabres and you like this direction and you trust the way Kevin Adams is build, building this team, if he goes out and, and he signs Pat Kane, 
I think you gotta you gotta respect it. You gotta embrace it, even if you don't love the player. And I get it; he's thirty four years old, so his best days are definitely gone. But guys who I trust and respect, like like Joe and like Chris, think that he has juice left in the tank. Yeah, and Joe talks specifically about him growing up, and hopefully he has grown up because he was a. Uh, he was an idiot when he was younger. There's no question about it. And that's being, you know, gentle here. I'm being generous by saying that. I didn't want to get into the uh, legal accusations that, of trouble that he's been in before. But anyway, like I said, long story short here, if Kevin Adams thinks that's the best move for the team, then in my opinion, it's one that if you're a fan of the team and you're a fan of Kevin Adams, you just, you're going to have to embrace it because I do think there is a realistic chance that this happens. Anyway, the stuff about Pat Kane at this point, at least at this point, that's just rumors. That's what we do on sports talk, whether it's podcasting, radio, uh, we talk about rumors. Here's something that's not a rumor. There's a big football game coming up in roughly 48 or so hours. Bills, Miami. And I'll tell you, as I expected, even though the Bills are actually favored to win the football game in Vegas, as I expected, and sadly, I've been monitoring it a lot this week, national, there's columnists, there's talking heads, um, all these sports talk uh, TV shows, you could already tell, they're pretty much all going to pick Miami. And I know a lot of people like that. And that's good. You want Miami to be a little cocky. We, I understand why, and we talked about this again. I get why. Miami just dropped 70 points. I get why people are picking them. But I don't know what it is. You know, the Jets game, and I'm going back a couple of weeks now, obviously. I'm not talking about the game itself. I'm talking about me and my feelings. I was nervous i was uh, just because the jets just played the bills tough and i don't give and at the time we thought it was gonna be aaron Rodgers, but it doesn't matter who the quarterback is styles make flights i've said this and the jets just always give josh allen fits but conversely josh allen has always played really well against miami and no matter how good they are and how many weapons they have on offense and how fast they are and all this stuff and i get it but man, I just, for some reason, and I don't know, it is only, well, I'm taping this late on Thursday, so you're hearing this or seeing this on Friday. There's a long way to go before Sunday, 1 p.m. And I very well might wake up on Sunday stressed out, nervous, pacing the, 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 the floors all over my house, all over the, the, the street, walking around, nervous energy. I might get there. But right now, for some reason, I don't know what it is, man. I'm just really calm about this game. I have a legitimate confidence right now in Buffalo. I like the way this team's playing just as much as Miami fans like the way that Miami's playing. I want to uh, pull up a clip. And again, I'm pulling out a couple of these from shows over the past week. This was me solo uh, a couple of days ago, actually talking about everybody picking Miami, me and all over them, but me. Uh, like in Buffalo, and my feeling hasn't really changed. So for those who missed it, uh, let me pull that up and play that, and, and, and we'll uh, get your that swag that I saw from the Bills on Sunday. Loved it.
I wanted to blow them out. I wanted to blow the Raiders out. I feel like this is a team now that has definitely shook off and, and washed off that, that stink, that fucking stink from the Jets game. And I think they feel really good about themselves going into week four. And of course, to wrap here, they better feel good about themselves going into week four. And they better play like it because they're playing a very good football team. And I'll talk more in depth tomorrow with Anthony Marino about it. We'll have like a full Bills Miami preview, but just a couple of quick points here. Miami's very legit. I mean, they're good. They're fucking good, especially on offense, man. Tua is the best quarterback in the NFL through three weeks. Tiny sample size, but if MVP voting concluded today, He's your unanimous MVP, in my opinion. And Tyree Kill, to me, if he's not the best receiver in the NFL, he's right there. He's the most dangerous. I'm scared of him more than I'm scared of Justin Jefferson or Jamar Chase, as great as they are. Tyree Kill just takes games over, man. It is uncanny the way he does it. Um, but you know what? And they hung 70 on Denver. I get it. They smacked the shit out of Denver, and that was a historically good game for the offense. I think they're the fourth team in the history of the NFL to drop a 70-burger on somebody. So I get it. I know why the media is gaga over them right now. I know why Sean McDermott, during his press conference on Monday, was calling their offense revolutionary and shit like that. I get it. But, you know, don't blink, because it might not seem like it right now, but if you look at the NFL points for and points against, the Bills are second in the NFL in points for behind Miami. That's it. Bills are Bills have the second most points in the NFL. And the Bills have allowed the second fewest points in the NFL. So they've been really good on offense the last two weeks, and they've been good on defense literally all season. Well, the Bills are also, and I think this stat could be important. This could play a role on, on, on Sunday. The Bills are first in the NFL in third down um, conversion percentage. I think that matters for obvious reasons. You can run on third, keep the ball, move the chains, and you're keeping two on this ridiculously insane, talented Miami Dolphins uh, offense off the field, who, by the way, dropped 70 points last week without Jalen Waddle. That's, that's nuts. But again, the Bills are very formidable themselves. Second best offense scoring. Second best defensive scoring team in the NFL. Josh Allen's been fantastic for the last two weeks. And Josh Allen, by the way, historically, he's 8-2 against the Dolphins. And one of those two losses came last year when it was 10 million degrees out and 10 million different Buffalo Bills went down. So Josh Allen, you know, just like the Jets just seem to have Josh Allen and the Bills offense number, for whatever reason, Josh Allen just seems to have the Miami defense number. He plays fucking great against them. But even if he's not slinging the ball all over the place, and this is a difference about the Bills this year that I really like over the last couple of years, Miami's just 26 in the league so far this year in run defense. So if there's a weakness on this team, it's stopping the run. So you may see a lot of James Cook, not just James Cook, you might see plenty of Latavius Murray and Damian Harris as well. The way the Bills controlled the clock and, and moved the chains against the Raiders, you might see a lot of that uh, against Miami as well. And then last point, then I'm out of here. Let's not forget this. And I'm not trying to sound like a goddamn homer, even though I know I'm coming across this one. I respect Miami plenty. It wouldn't shock me whatsoever if Miami wins this game. 
Miami is not just insanely talented. They're also insanely hungry. They want to knock the Bills. They want to knock the Bills off the pedestal in this division. And they know they're going to have to come to Buffalo and beat them probably to be able to do that. So again, not being a homer here, I'm giving plenty of respect to Miami. But the Bills are at home. And albeit a small favorite, the Bills are two and a half point favorites. So again, it's not like the Bills beating Miami will be some kind of stunner. I'm just saying. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. So that was me a couple days ago, and, and I'll tell you, my, my prediction, which I had on the show yesterday with Anthony Marino, hasn't changed. I'm not going to throw a score out, but I think the Bills win by a touchdown. I do. I feel almost strangely confident right now that the Bills are, are going to beat Miami and that Miami's going to come down uh, to earth a little bit. A couple quick things, though, that we haven't talked about all week. One of them is definitely a news item, and that is Jordan Poyer not at practice again on Thursday. So he's now missed Wednesday and Thursday practice, not even on a limited basis. He didn't practice um, with the sore knee. To me, that says there's a decent chance that you're not going to see Jordan Poyer on Sunday, which I tweeted about on Wednesday, and then I reiterated on Thursday. I'm growing confident that you're going to see the 2023 season debut of DeMar Hamlin. Of course, DeMar has not played yet this year, but I think that's going to change on Sunday. First of all, I think there's a, a decent chance that Jordan Poyer doesn't play. And if he does play, he's probably not going to be near 100%. And you're playing a team like Miami that slings the ball. You better have some extra DBs. So I'm pretty confident that you're going to see DeMar Hamlin. Now, if Jordan Boyer can't go and he doesn't play, uh, you're going to see Taylor Rapp. I'm sure Taylor Rapp is going to start. 
But Damar Hamlin will be in uniform for the first time, and it'll be a big deal. Definitely will be a big deal for uh, for Buffalo, and I'm sure it'll be a big story um, around the league. Jordan Boyer has been one of the few players this year for the Bills on defense that you still kind of got some questions about. I hear a lot of people. I see, I see a lot of tweets. I hear a lot of buzz. Um, you know, Jordan Boyer's old and that he's washed, that he's lost a step. Ah, I don't know yet. I don't think he's been tested enough yet to definitively know that. He took a bad angle in the preseason. This is where it really started against Pittsburgh. Jalen Warren smoked him, made Boyer look bad, but it's just a play. Then in the opening game against the Jets, I can't remember who it was, but it, I think it was Brees Hall. Again, kind of a bad angle, and he got smoked, looked a little bit slow. But his instincts are still there. The physicality is still there. But what we have from Jordan Poyer, I don't think we know yet. If he plays on Sunday, we're going to find out. Um, kind of had the same questions going into the season about Micah Hyde. I think Micah Hyde has answered them resoundingly. In fact, Micah Hyde's the fourth-ranked safety or the fourth-highest-graded safety on PFF, I should say, of any safety in the NFL. So Micah Hyde has looked great early on. Jordan Poyer, not so much, but Jordan Poyer hasn't really been tested. But anyway, I think there's a good chance he doesn't play. And even if he does, he might be limited. So I think you're going to see plenty of Taylor Rapp, possibly as a starter. And I think you're going to see DeMar Hamlin uh, dress for Buffalo on Sunday. And then one other day, I was talking to a couple of buddies hanging out in Imperial Pizza and haven't really talked about this on the show all week. But I was asked, like, who are the X factor? It was not actually just singular. Who do you consider the Bills X factor for Sunday? And I've thought about that for a while now because... And understandably so. You know, this is all about Josh Allen versus Tua. And this is about Stefan Diggs versus Tyreek Hill. I get all that. Those are your marquee guys. Those are the stars. Those are the guys, you know, who are going to put up the numbers. Those are the guys who are going to get the hype. I get all that. But I'm like, who's a guy or two who can really make a huge difference on this game that maybe people don't talk about as much. And for the Bills, I got two, actually. One on each side of the ball. On the offensive side, I think James Cook could be the X factor. The Bills can run the football. The Bills have done a good job of running the football. And as good as Miami is on offense, which is ridiculous right now, as good as they are, as many talented pass rushers that they have on defense, although... Jalen Phillips also has not practiced Wednesday and Thursday. He's got an oblique injury, so you may not see Jalen Phillips for Miami. So that might be a big blow to their defense. But anyway, Miami, if, if they have a weakness right now, a big one, it's been that they've been pretty susceptible to the run. I think they're like 26 in the NFL in rushing defense right now. And I think the Bills have an excellent opportunity to be able to run the football effectively against Miami. And I think that makes a lot of sense. I think you might see a game plan very similar to how Buffalo played against the Raiders two weeks ago. Running the ball, quick passes, moving the chains, controlling the clock. The Bills held the ball for over 40 minutes against the Raiders. Am I predicting that against Miami? No. But I think the Bills are looking to, to possess the ball as long as possible, have a good balance. You're not going to see Josh Allen. Hopefully, you're not going to see him slinging the ball 50 times because if you do, that means they're probably down. I think the Bills are going to run the ball a lot. And James Cook is third in the NFL in rushing. He's been great this year. As has Latavius Murray and Damian Harris in their roles. So I, I say James Cook is the X factor on offense. And then on the defensive side, I'm going with Christian Benford. 
Trey White is going to be on Tyreek Hill a lot, although he might stay on the same side, so we'll see how Miami matches up. But I think we've seen that Trey White, if he's not maybe a full 100% pre-ACL Trey White at this point, he's damn close. I think Trey White has looked great since summertime. He had the interception last week. He's looked good. Even on plays, he's given up catches like that Jets game. Garrett Wilson made a miracle catch to beat him for a touchdown. Trey White's looked good. And that's even going back to summer in training camp. Some of the battles he had with um, Stefan Diggs at practice, probably the highlights of a camp to me. They were just fun to watch. But anyway, Trey's locked in. I'm not as sold on Christian Benford right now. I mean, it's a good story. He played well. He won the job from Dane Jackson and Kyrie Elam. But he's been exposed the last two weeks. Two weeks against the Raiders, he got beat on a long pass. Then he got away with it. Should have been pass interference, and he got away with it. And then last week, he got smoked on a 37-yard pass from Powell to uh, Samuel. So, obviously, I'm, I have concerns about Christian Benford and Miami targeting him and going at him. Not just with Tyreek Kill, but Jalen Waddle as well. Assuming, of course, Jalen Waddle plays, racks and burials. Miami's got some receivers. And I think Christian Benford is going to be tested. So, an X factor for me for Buffalo is uh, him playing well. But anyway, I'm going to stick with my prediction. Like I said, Bills by seven. And uh, we'll be talking about the show, of course, plenty um, at the early part of next week. A couple quick random thoughts winding down here. I want to get out. I want to be less than 40 minutes. That have nothing to do with the Bills. I'm just really happy for Zach Moss. And again, this is a, a point that I haven't talked about at all on the show. Zach Moss went to Indy as part of the Naeem Hines trade and didn't really do much last year. But with Jonathan Taylor sitting out or whatever you want to call it, He's had a good opportunity with the Colts. And man, oh man, these last two weeks, he's really responding. Last two weeks, um, 18 carries for 88 yards and a touchdown against Houston. And then a monster game last week um, in an upset victory over Baltimore. He carried the ball 30 times for a buck 22. And then he had a receiving touchdown. So it is great. I, there was, I liked Zach Moss when he was with Buffalo. I just at the time with this offense and the way the offense played, just Zach Moss has never seemed like a great fit for the Bills, and I'm not sure he really had, you know, a great opportunity either. But he's certainly getting that with Indy, so I like him, and I'm very happy with him. Another thing, too, and this is switching back to the Bills, just a little trendy, you know, picky thing from me, but the Bills are wearing their blue jerseys with their white pants again on Sunday at home, and I absolutely love that. Love that look. It's my favorite look. Well, that and the white jersey with the blue pants. Either or. Give me the blue and the white mixed. I hate that freaking all blue shit. You can shoot it right to the moon as far as I'm concerned. I don't like it at all. So a good look for me. And I don't know. I'm superstitious too. I'm still, I'm so hell bent on how shitty the office played against the Jets and wearing all blue. And I don't ever want to see that uniform again right now. But anyway, I like that uniform. And then one other random thought here. Uh, obviously, we're going to be covering the Sabres a lot more on the show going forward. Uh, you just listened to two clips or saw two clips earlier from Chris Baker, from Joe Yurden. At least one of these shows every week is going to be a hockey-centric uh, episode going forward, especially now if the season starting, whether it's Chris, whether it's Joe, whether it's PK from Buffalo Sports Collective. Tone Pucks will talk a lot of hockey. I'll have Chad DeMinicis. I'll have plenty of hockey people, so there'll be a lot of hockey stuff going forward on this show. But one thing I've done a really shitty job 
if at all, pretty much actually non-existent, is covering the Buffalo Bandits. And they're a championship team, and that's going to change starting uh, this season on this podcast. I've been thinking about it recently, and, you know, one of my biggest criticisms of the Buffalo media and the mainstream media, the Buffalo News and TV stations and WGR, is that I don't think they give enough coverage and respect to the Bandits. But then I'm being a hypocrite because I'm doing the same. So anyway, that's going to change. BK from Buffalo Sports Collective is going to be a big part uh, of anchoring some bandits coverage. I'll have some guests on. I got a lot to learn about the sport, admittedly, but I will learn and I will be at games this year. In fact, I'm planning on actually doing some podcasts, maybe live from the arena after some bandits um, home games, at least on the Saturday night ones anyway. So stay tuned for that. And there will definitely be more bandits coverage to come. Uh, wrapping up, I got a couple of questions from fans, and these got nothing to do with sports. And if you listen or watch this show regularly, when I have a guest on like Anthony Marino or uh, Aaron Quinn, we always have these segments at the end where we talk about pop culture stuff. Doesn't really have anything to do with sports. It's kind of a chance to to get to know what they're thinking about when it comes to pop culture and uh, life stuff. And I just think it's really fun. But anyway, I had a couple questions. One of them um, was a tweet, and it said. I got to look it up here. I'll put it on the screen. What TV sitcom opinion will have you like this? And if you're watching or you're listening, I should say on audio, you're not watching the video. It's a picture of Kevin James, uh, you know, sticking his hands in his pocket and just having that meh like that. What? That, like that meh look. Um, anyway, my man, Aaron Quinn, this is where I got, got the question from. He said the Big Bang Theory, but I don't agree with that. I thought the Big Bang Theory was a pretty good show. Maybe not as, it might've been overrated in terms of, I don't know that it's an iconic show where a lot of people put that in that class, but I thought it was a good show. Like I watched it and I was pretty entertained for me, like that TV McMahon show, the show where like everybody seems to like it, but I really don't. I think it's how I met your mother. I didn't like that show that much. I mean, it had his moments, but I don't, I just, man, I don't, I like Robin. Ted was fucking annoying. Barney's pretty cool, but I mean, come on. Was he really the player that, he, that I don't know. I just, I look at him and I don't see the playboy that he portrayed on, on that show. Some of his one-liners were, were cheesy. Don't get me wrong. It had his moments, but that show to me was just meh. And then forever without giving it away, because you want to watch it someday. But the ending was one of the dumbest. And I mean, dumbest TV series finales that I've ever seen. I absolutely freaking hated it. Hated it. So anyway, for me, that whole, meh. For me, that TV sitcom is definitely uh, How I Met Your Mother. Uh, George, he says, I think it's time to publicly address the travesty that Ario Speedwagon isn't in the Hall of Fame. <laughs> I said to him on Facebook, I said, I'm too busy to fight that fight for you because I'm trying to get Sir Kenny Loggins still in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Kenny Loggins is a movie soundtrack god. But anyway, look, Ariel Speedwagon ain't going in the Hall of Fame. I mean, come on. I think that's a joke. And I'm not really sure they deserve it over a lot of other rock groups, maybe from that era. But I will say, dude, Ariel Speedwagon was good. Back in their day, I like me some Mario Speedwagon a lot. That's that classic rock. Rock when I grew up. 
that was my shit, man. I liked Ariel Speedwagon a lot. Um, I looked at on my billboard because I what else I got to do in my life? Two number one hits, Keep On Loving You and Can't Fight That Feeling. Or, or yeah, Can't Fight This Feeling. I'm sorry. Uh, four top 10 hits, Take It On The Run, Keep The Fire Burning, along with those other two. And they had uh, 18 hits in the top 100 on Billboard. Uh, don't Let Him Go, Time For Me To Fly, Roll With The Changes. That was my personal favorite. But anyway, man, I'm a big-ass Ariel Speedwagon fan. So I know there was at least a little bit of sarcasm, although not too much, because I do know George, and he loves that shit, man. And I do, too. So anyway, no Rock and Roll Hall of Fame for... Ariel Speedwagon, and I'm not really going to take up that fight. Don't got no time for that. But uh, definitely a, a rock group of from my era and that I still enjoy very much uh, to this day. Last question. Dude named Terry. Terry Menard says, who's your favorite guest on this podcast? And look, I've been asked this from time to time, and I'm going to kind of give the same answer here. Don't really. I, I'm not going to say anybody. I'm going to play the political game. I'm not going to pick one person over the other. I like almost everyone I've ever had on this show. I'm and I'm dead serious. Look, all these episodes I've ever done, I could probably count on maybe less than one hand the amount of guests that have been on that I did not enjoy. Like when this episode was over, this interview was over, I was like, thank God. I ain't like fucking talking to this person. That's barely ever happened. I really, truly have enjoyed my interactions with almost everybody that's ever been on this show. I don't have a single favorite. I, I have a, like a a smattering of favorites. Uh, Sal Capaccio, my first guest ever. He's been on the show many times. I love having Sal on. Uh, Matt Perino's another one. Had him on many times. Tim Graham. Uh, Tyler Dunn. Love talking to Tyler. One of my favorite people. Not just favorite sports media people. One of my favorite people. Uh, period. Jay Skursky. I love Jay Skursky. Um, I love meeting new people that I didn't know well before. I just had an episode recently with um, Catherine Fitzgerald from the Buffalo News and, and Elena Getzenberg from ESPN. And that was an awesome conversation. Rachel Hopmeyer was there as well. Hung out with her. She's another one that I love. So I honestly, I don't have a favorite, but I will say this. I will say this. Almost everybody, especially if you're on Twitter, because he's got like 23 Twitter followers. Nobody knows who he is on Twitter. And he's new to this podcast unless you've been down with Talking Buffalo from day one because he was on my OG, like quite literal original episodes of Talking Buffalo. Then wasn't on for three and a half years. But anyway, I'm talking about Tone Pucks. I've known him since he's been 15 years old. We're pretty much the same age. So we were like freshmen in high school when we became friends. And we've known each other since then. He's doing the Monday shows with me now. He's been on the first uh, over these last couple of weeks since the NFL season started. And that's just been fun. Lots of interaction, lots of feedback, lots of response from lots of different people, whether it's friends of both of ours that we grew up with that follow us still, or, you know, that we're still around to this day, or at least on Facebook. Strangers are coming up to me. Yo, who's this Tone Pucks dude? Pretty funny. And I'll tell you straight up, he is funny. And that's kind of how I want to get out of here. I want to play a clip. This was from uh, earlier this week. And I kept talking about um, Washington because we were doing a recap of the of the Washington game. And he just wanted to talk about Miami. And then uh, we were talking about nitpicky things. And this is the kind of banner, which is different. And this is what I love about having Tone on the show with me is we know each other so well. 
And you could just, I, I feel like you could kind of see that or hear that um, when we're together. It's just different than when you have a normal guest on. I ask a question, you give me an answer. We banner a little bit, yada, yada, yada. This is different because this is a dude that I've known forever. And the, and the banter for us, it's not forced. It's like organic and uh, very natural. But if you miss this clip, I thought this was funny as hell. Um, someone wanted to give me a ticket to the Miami game this Sunday, and I didn't have any interest in it. And long story short, he took major. But I mean, when I say I, I think there's a learning curve right now with this new personnel group. That's fair. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, as far as, you know, do I get a shot at uh, at being nitpicky about things from today that really pissed me off or, yeah. or that I can be like nitpicky about? Because I've mm -hmm. got something I, I, I want to be a little right. nitpicky about. I want to be a little nitpicky about the fact that I showed up here. All right. And during our little banter, just, you know, catching up a little bit from the week before we came on, I said there was at least a possibility that the Miami game was in play for you. Okay. Like, you know, like I, I'm a season ticket holder. Now my, my kids are at college. I use it to try to, uh, you know, suck them into coming back from time to time. But for the most part, man, I mean, I'll, I'll go the whole week without even knowing a, if I'm going, uh, or B, you know, who I'm taking. And I come out today and in, in, in one of the probably hot, most highly anticipated games that we've had here in some time. And I throw out to you, Hey man, my Miami's in play. You, uh, you know, you, you feel like coming and and I'm I think you knew I think you knew I wasn't asking for money either. All right. I'm a I'm a pay for parking guy yeah, with, with my parking. seasons, but that's about it. And you fucking hit me with nah. <laughs> I literally nah. didn't say that too. There wasn't even a lot of contemplation involved. I was like, nah. I don't like going to games. I don't. I like watching games from home. I, I do. I I like being able to, to go back and watch replays. As much as I like the tailgating aspect of going to games, I don't like sitting in the stadium during games. Uh, I don't know. I can name you 20 reasons why. And I get that might be weird to a lot of people because I know a lot of people who watch it and listen and go to all the games. I just, going to games ain't for me. I'm just, I don't enjoy them. I enjoy them more at home. The traffic, parking. I've uh, heard it. I, look, I, you're not alone. You're not alone. I've 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 heard, especially with you know big fat TVs and so I offended you a little everything. bit. Not really. I just <laughs> like I, I I don't know that I even really would have enjoyed going to a game with you. All this right? is one of like I, your like, Larry David moments, by the way. Thanks. <laughs> yeah, I don't know that I would have enjoyed going to the game with you, but at the very least, if I you know if I'm gonna throw it out there, I'm 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 not expecting here. Nah. <laughs> my man tell bucks that's the type of banner that you're going to listen to or see when he's on this show every monday uh going forward you might see him a little here and there for as a fill-in or maybe a segment in, uh, too as well but it'll be here every monday and we'll be recapping games and looking forward to the next one and having plenty of other sidebars and and stupid silly shit like that to uh talk about but He's good, man. He is good. He's entertaining. He's different. He's my age. And again, I've known him for the majority of my life. So it makes the chemistry that he and I have uh, organic. And on that note, I've done it again. I think I say this every fucking time I do a solo episode that, yo, 25, 30 minutes and I'm going to be out. And it quite literally never, ever, ever happens that way. It's pretty much a full episode yet again. So if you're still here, you're still sticking around. 
<laughs> I can't thank you uh, enough. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you very much for watching this. And again, we will be back. I'll be recording. It might be live on YouTube, but it'll definitely be first thing Monday morning in podcast form. Obviously, a big recap of a huge game against Miami. And I will have Tone Bucks with me. So until then, thank you and talk to you soon. It's happening daily. We're being conned by the institutions we used to trust. The mainstream media is distracting us with meaningless headlines instead of focusing on the harsh realities facing American families. Time is short before something big happens, and that's why so many folks are preparing. They're becoming self-reliant by investing in emergency food storage from My Patriot Supply. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com and secure four-week emergency food kits for each member of your family. Each kit contains tasty breakfasts, lunches, and dinners, averaging over 2,000 calories per day. Save $50 on each four-week food kit you purchase. Plus, get free shipping on Ready Hour four-week emergency food kits. You're not ready if it's not Ready Hour Foods. At My Patriot Supply, you can also get solar power generators, water filtration units, heirloom seeds, and survival gear. Order by 3 p.m. and your unmarked boxes ship the same day. Shop MyPatriotSupply.com today. MyPatriotSupply.com